Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. Tom is away. So I got a very special guest, George Martin also known as Astros Fan UK. George, thanks a lot for coming on today. It's a pleasure. It's always fun to be on the show. We actually have a lot to talk about now that spring mm-hmm. training has uh, arrived. Some drama here and there, maybe, but uh, let's start with this. Now, yeah. I told Thomas this when we were having a discussion about Lance McCullers, and I mentioned that he's always injured. And he said, no, 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 he's not. And, and, you know, maybe he's not injured for for long periods of time. Mm. But to me, he always kind of has an issue with being injured. So he throws one bullpen, and now he's experiencing elbow soreness. And Dusty says, we'll have, we'll have to see what's going on. They're, they're, he's not throwing anymore now. Yeah. It's... It's not what you want to hear. I mean, it's just, it's the old cliche, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, I, I think with, with Lance McCullers, I definitely share your concerns about his ability to remain healthy for extended periods. And I think that's always been the concern. When he's at his best, he's an incredible pitcher. He's There's no denying his talent, the experience that he's built up over his career as well. Certainly... Um, an extremely valuable player in that respect. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it, for that to happen so early in spring training, you have to hope that it's just a, a little bit of over cautiousness from the, from, from the team and from the whole setup in terms of his injury history 
and it's nothing genuinely concerning. But, but you know, when you hear the words elbow soreness, it's natural to be uh, thinking, hold on, where are we going with this? So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll have to wait and see what the coming days provide us in terms of updates on that and see whether whether he gets back to throwing soon or whether it's a case of he he has an extended absence, which would be quite alarming. Um, so, yeah, I, I, also we, we tend to get a fair bit of smoke and mirrors regarding injury updates anyway from the Astros. So it, it can be quite cryptic what, what they come out with. So this, this is not a science to really be able to judge how severe an injury is. So, that, you know, I'd say at this stage, nothing to panic about, but right to be concerned. I agree. It's just concerning because it's like the first day. It's like, all right, practice yeah. starting. Oh, Lance McCullers is experiencing elbow soreness. It could just be because they haven't been throwing. It could be yeah. anything. But And you're correct. Before we move on to the next subject, you're very correct. When Lance McCullers is healthy, he's an amazing pitcher. He could be the ace of the staff. Mm. But that could be somebody else right now. All right. Another thing I want to touch on. I know, according to the rules, Luis Garcia's pitching windup, the cha-cha-cha, yeah. the rock the baby, is sort of an illegal pitch, but they've been letting it go. Mm. But not anymore. They're no longer going to let him do it. But when they interviewed him, he didn't seem too bothered. He just says, you know, I just got to change something. And the video I saw it looked like he's just pitching out of the stretch. So we'll have to keep yeah. an eye on that as well. Yeah, I think it's always been one of the quirkiest wind-ups, whatever you want to call it, in baseball. I, I don't really understand what the change, how the change can work when there's no one on base because he, I don't understand where where the balk's coming from there. He's, he's not. He's. It he, he doesn't seem to be. In a, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the rule changes regarding how they're looking to enforce balks work because I, I I can't see how he's doing anything illegal but I guess you know from the way the talk that's going around it looks like yeah he, he may have to just pitch how he does out you know out, out, how he normally does when, when there are people on base uh, but like I said he, he doesn't seem too bothered about it he's a, he seems he always comes across as a very down-to-earth and laid-back kind of guy and and it's hard to imagine him really being fully stressed out about anything so I think um yeah if if he's happy, then then you know we we should be happy too. And he, he's he's an excellent pitcher, and I've got great faith in him being able to adjust where wherever he needs to. I think the rule states that you can take one step forward and one step back, and I guess he must do two. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but I know he can At do least, it. Yeah. It's not it's not it's not like it's going to ruin him. He's no, I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think it depends on. It. I think it's, it's it's just a it's it's a psychological timing issue which which he has become comfortable comfortable with, but I don't think his actual pitching motion is dependent on that. It's just a case of what he feels comfortable with before then yeah. going into the motion. So no, I, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think he's dependent on it. I think it's just something that he's got used to, and he can. I'm sure he can sort of coach himself out of that. So I don't think it's a major a major problem. Yeah, it's just something he does to keep keep his rhythm and try to repeat whatever yes, he's doing exactly, every yeah. time. That's all he does Good it for. It. Yep. But we Absolutely. got our new we got our new GM, Dana Brown. Yeah. It seems like everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the way he's up front with everything. I love the way he's 
I just, so far I just really like him. And it started yeah. with, you know, extending CJ, but he's also talking about extending Tucker and we'll talk about his arbitration yeah. after this. He wants to extend sure. Tucker and Framber and I believe him that he's going to do everything he can. And he also said Altuve and Bregman, those guys should retire here. They should be Houston for life. And I agree with him. So I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to have all the money to keep every player, but I, I have faith in him that he's going to get something done. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like Dana Brown has the, the perfect script for Astros fans in terms of everything that he said so far. And I, and, you know, it's refreshing to hear. I had nothing against James Click whatsoever, but it's a very different style of being a GM already. Um, very vocal, very composed, and um, to the point. And I think that this is something which, as a fan, you love to hear because it. Whereas I mentioned smoke and mirrors in terms of injury updates, there's there definitely aren't any smoke and mirrors in terms of their intentions here. And I think that's that's good. It's good to be bullish about that. It's good to be to put it out there. Not not so not to try and back these players into a corner in terms of what their options are, but I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's cool to, to, to understand that as GM, he realizes what's important to us. Cause yeah, we do want LTV and Bregman to be Astros for life. And I think they should be, I think, I think there's uh there's no doubt in my mind that that, and that's not based on sentiment or, or kind of former glories that aren't returning. These guys are still, you know, look at the, look at the season that Jose LTV had last year. Phenomenal. Uh, I forget exactly what his OPS was, but it was um, it, it was uh, it, it was one of the best better ones in his career. Um, and uh, Bregman, after a, a typically slow start, was then phenomenal in the second half as well. So I think it's yeah, it's it's a it's a no brainer to try and keep these guys as Astros for life. And and in terms of the noises to try and extend Tucker and to extend Framber and having got the the Javier deal well Javier extension I should say deal done um yeah these are really good these are really good signs for us and I think this is this is an indication so far at least of a GM who is in line with the general ethos and attitude of the club as a whole in terms of what what you said like um kind of reloading instead of rebuilding and be able to stay to make that window a perpetual one rather than the type of cyclical one, which is more traditional with baseball boom and bust cycles where you have a team that's good for two, three years and then the players move on or get old or one or the other. And then, um, and then they return to being an average side with, with us. It's, it's more about, no, we're going to be a powerhouse and we're here to stay. And we're looking at every single way to, to keep that, whether it's through international, um, overseas players signing or if, whether it's to do with extending guys who are already there. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting to see. And I think that it's, um, it's something to be very, very positive about. I like, I like what Dana Brown's doing so far. And to me, he, he, he means it. He's not yeah. just saying it to, to make mm -hmm. us happy or for any other reason. I truly believe he means it and his history with the Braves I have confidence that, that he can get most of this done. He may not be able to get everybody done, but you know he's going to try. You know he's good at putting yeah. packages together. So one thing is Tucker went to his arbitration. He wanted 7.5. The Astros yeah. wanted 5. And my thought was if he loses arbitration and doesn't get this money, that could affect Kyle Tucker getting extended in the future but maybe not yes, yep. 
He said he does like he does like it in Houston. He wants to be here. He likes the guys. But they interviewed him, and he seems to be handling it professionally, in my opinion. Mm. He said he and the Astros disagreed on what he was worth, and it is business. He said it is what it is. And like I said, he loves playing here. He loves playing in Houston. He said the outcome is not what we were hoping for. And I also don't think it was the right one. So he did have the guts or the honesty to say, you know what, I, I it is what it is. I don't mm. think it was correct, but it's a business. I accept it. And uh, he said it was also a little hard to hear some of the things the Astros had to say about him. He said they didn't trash him, but in the arbitration, you know, he's saying, I, I do this and I do this. And the yeah. Astros are, you know, they're saying you're not doing this or that. They're yeah. trying to, they're trying to explain why he doesn't deserve it. And they, so he's, they're going to say some stuff he doesn't like, but what do you think this is going to do for him being an Astro in the future? We still got three years left of Kyle Tucker. Yeah. You think that deal can get done? Well, I mean, just want to preface that by saying, yeah, arbitration in in baseball, Major League Baseball, is it's a crazy process. I mean, it's from from an outside perspective, as in an overseas one, I just can't. I can't it's, it's very difficult to get your head around teams actively looking to belittle their own talent to try and save money in the now versus. Um, potentially jeopardizing the chances of locking them up for longer term deals for cheaper in the future. It, it doesn't make sense to me, but anyway, um, in terms of Kyle Tucker and be able to extend him, I think it or extend or resign him in any way. I think it makes it more difficult. I think you could tell there was disappointment in his voice. I think he, he, you could tell that he, he's quite a deadpan straight, sort of straight laced kind of dude when he talks anyway, but you could tell there was a little bit of like when he, when he was being, not grilled on it, but questioned on it by in, in those interviews today, that he obviously felt like it was not really the right thing for the Astros to have done. I believe him, like you, I believe him when he says he, he loves playing here. I think, why wouldn't he? You know, I think the Astros have treated him very, very well from a playing perspective in the, over the last two, three years, um, even if it took a little while to break through. But again, you know, he, 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 he it took him a while to settle at major league level as well. So I think that that, that, that wasn't a problem. But um, yeah, I I'll be honest with you. I don't think he stays. I don't think we I don't think we get that one done. I think he he's going to be commanding, probably something over potentially over three hundred million when when he hits free agency. So I I don't see us going for that kind of deal. I don't think I don't think it's ever been the style of of this club, and I don't think it's something which we should really be worried about because we've shown that we're adaptable and and resourceful and resilient and able to 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 find creative ways and and innovative ways to get new talent on board and you know by the time he hits free agency who knows i mean he will definitely be a loss if he does leave because he's a tremendous baseball player and like um dusty was saying today he's you know he's he's got a, he's got all his five tool play he's got he's got everything going for him but you know is is it worth nailing your colors to the mast when you've got a player like that and you know to the tune of 300 plus million dollars i don't know i mean it hasn't been something that we've done so far. Uh, and I have great faith in this organization um, to, to, to find those other ways. I mean, that's, that's not to say I wouldn't love to keep him. Of course I'd love to keep him, but you know, when we, when we, when we look at what's, what's right and what's reasonable, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, 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 I guess we'll see yeah. year on year whether that's likely or not. But um, I, at the moment, if you pressed me on it, I'd say I don't think he does stay, unfortunately. Yeah, I think what the Astros would offer him would be kind of what CJ got. Let's buy up the yeah. arbitration years. And mm-hmm. two, because I don't believe they've given a contract over five years in, in forever. Uh, yeah, I don't, think, don't they, think so. I think what was the one that Carlos Lee got? He got, I think he got probably the largest deal that we've ever, was, was, it one that, was that the largest um, deal that we ever gave? Uh, well, I mean, in recent times, since oh, we no, became recent time analytical we anyway, yeah. and Jeff Luno, they haven't yeah. given a contract like that in forever. And I don't, I see Kyle Tucker, I mean, 109 RBIs. And he's going to flourish with this no shift thing. Yeah, big time. And I don't think he's going to want to give up a chance three years from now to make a ton of money and get a 12, 13-year contract just to get extended a couple more years, you know, past arbitration. I don't know that for sure, but I think Kyle Tucker is very talented. He's someone that doesn't come along very often. And I agree with you. I just don't think it's going to happen. Some people listening might be mad at us for thinking that, but oh yeah, I hope he I does. I hope he does. Yeah. I hope he does. Mm. We both hope he does, folks. Mm. But just thinking about it, I don't know. I don't know. And this arbitration hearing doesn't help uh, Houston's yeah. case. But two things I want to bring up here: Jose Abreu, our new first baseman, who took my favorite player Yuli Gurriel's place on the team. Mm. He reported early. You see him out there working. That's a good sign. And then Michael Brantley is swinging and fielding, but they are still uncertain about him. How excited are you about Abreu and also having Michael Brantley back? Yeah, with Jose Abreu, I mean, I'll be honest, when we played the White Sox, I never really focused much on him specifically. So I, I, I kind of feel like I've been a bit ignorant of, of him as as a as a player and as a as an opponent, I'm looking forward to seeing him out there. I will miss Yuli Gurriel massively from in every respect as a as a personality, as a and you know as as a bat. When I know last year his power had sort of seemingly gone, but his um his general dependability as as a hitter um and also his his glove work, which I I still don't understand. It's probably just me being ignorant on how um. <laughs> DRS like defensive runs saved work, but I don't understand how he had a negative um, DRS value at first base when he was, you know, he had the most scoops uh, versus any I think any other um, first baseman certainly in the AL potentially in the MLB. So I, I'm I'm confused at that. But in terms of um, Abreu, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just hoping that he can retain that same defensive reliability. And again, I'm speaking to someone who hasn't really sort of zeroed in on watching him in that respect. So I could be my fears can be completely unfounded, and I and I hope they are because uh, it's it's imperative to have someone at first who who you can rely on with those throws that are in the dirt and throws that are just not quite online. You need to be able to to, to take those as part of that rock solid infield defense. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing his bat though. I mean, he's, he's not you know I'm speaking as a, a 38 year old. He's not a spring chicken at 36, but it's a uh, it's 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 you know I, I hopefully. He's still got a lot to give. Is uh, I've seen the um, uh, I think it's a it's a baseball reference or whichever whichever stat site where you've got the the metrics showing which percentile he's in and he's all his hitting ones are right up at the sort of hundred end of the, the percentiles. So yeah, it's um it's it's exciting if 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 he slots in and his bat is there and he 
sort of kind of hits the ground running. Wow, you know, watch out for this 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 lineup in 2023 because, like you said, with Michael Brantley back, and I have to be honest, personally, I'm slightly hesitant about Michael Brantley being back because of his injury history and his age coupled together. I think it's a risk. Um, last year was really the first year that we had a real problem with Brantley's was his shoulder. I can't because I know that he'd had issues with Cleveland when before before. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write. So I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I remember the, I remember the concerns when he, when he first signed with us. People thinking, hmm, is he, is he, is he, is he going to be an injury liability? And um, obviously, he was brilliant for us. He was superb, a great player. Um, and if, and again, if he stays healthy, it's massive. Um, but I am slightly anxious about that. Probably, honestly, in a similar way to what we were saying about Lance McCullers, I don't know whether that injury reliability is is, is there with Brantley. But if he's fit, if he's healthy, and if Abreu also hits the ground running, then this offense is going to be very, very, very difficult to contain in 2023. And obviously, speaking for all Astros fans, I hope that's the case. I hope it's because um, that's the one thing with with the off, with the with the team we had last year. The one thing we could improve is is just that offense could be more reliable and more destructive because we lived quite often we lived and died on the on the basis of how incredible our pitching was. And while I whilst even without Verlander, I expect our pitching staff both as a rotation and a bullpen to be incredible again in 2023 i don't think it's fair to expect them to be as reliable as and as almost invincible as they were in 2022 because that's just an unrealistic standard to 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 be able to maintain so yeah i think i think the balance should be very very good it's just about whether brantley stays healthy and just about whether abreu is able to kind of settle in which he should be able to because he knows all the guys and um he seems to be very happy already yeah i mean um 
if you look at it, Abreu is a former MVP, and they mm-hmm. got him slated in the sixth hole. Yeah, and, and this, I mean, if you, some people saying that he's declining because his home run numbers are down, but the guy still hits around three hundred. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a good ball player. And then you add Michael Brantley to that one through seven. I don't know what they're going to do with Pena and Brantley. I have no idea. I mean, if Brantley's hitting three hundred, you you can't leave him. I don't know what they're. Mm. Gonna, I don't want to say that. We'll see what happens. But well, it's one hundred sixty-two games in it. So I mean, I think I think yeah. You know, we we know that Dusty likes to chop and change things a little bit, a little bit yeah. of mix, mixing things up. When it comes to, I mean, yeah, when it comes to October, so that's a long way off. So it's not really worth looking at now. But yeah, I think no. I think in terms of the regular season. We'll see Dusty get up to some creative stuff, and I'm sure <laughs> there'll be the usual rumblings online of, of fans oh, yeah. dissatisfied as we rack up an incredible <laughs> win record. But you know, it, it is what it is, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's better to be much better to be in the position of having that problem than than not. Yeah, it's always funny to listen to the fans complain because I remember last year at the beginning we were struggling, and people mm. were like, "This isn't the team. This team isn't going to do anything. They're not going to go yeah. anywhere." And uh, it was just crazy. I kind of felt like maybe they weren't the greatest, but I wasn't going to say anything about it. But let mm. me bring this up. You know, Ky- you know, Kyle Tucker might be unhappy, but there's another guy that had his feelings hurt. Martin Maldonado. Yeah. Came in. He lost 17 pounds. The first time I read about it, yeah. it said, you know, I stopped drinking Sprite and Coke and oh, eating yeah. candy. But as they kept releasing things about this, he was motivated to lose weight and to, and to, to be a better catcher because mm-hmm. of the Astros pursuit of Wilson Contreras. He said yeah. he felt a little sad. He said, we just won the world series. I sacrificed my whole body playing through injuries. I love him. And he, I mean, he caught so many games. He does so well. I don't care yeah. about his deep offense could care less. He works mm-hmm. great with the pitchers. He's my man. He's my favorite player now that Yuli mm-hmm. Gurriel's gone. And I didn't understand it either. Like, you just won the World Series with this guy. You just talk about how great he is with the pitchers and all yeah. of this stuff. And then you win the World Series with him, and then you're out shopping for somebody else. It's got to be a slap in the face to him. And uh, that motivated him. So maybe it'll mm-hmm. benefit us. Yeah, just so just a quick question about that because when he mentioned having just won the World Series and the pursuit of Contreras, I don't know whether I missed that. Um, what, what is he actually referring to? Because I know that we were looking obviously at the trade deadline last year. We we were heavily rumored to be looking at replacing him with uh, Contreras or at the very least getting Contreras and he and marginalizing him. Was there? I, I didn't I didn't catch anything around November December about that what, what what actually happened i don't have the whole story but i do remember in the off season mm-hmm. that there were still talks that the astros were right. trying to get him i i know he switched teams he was with yeah. the cubs and he's playing for somebody else now mm-hmm. but i i know they were still talking about him they were still trying to pursue him oh, okay and i know it was trade deadline i didn't get it and i didn't get yeah. it after the season and uh i, I don't know i think yeah I know a lot of it's it's crazy because he's so good, but you know you hit a hundred, you know you one sixty mm. average, you playing well and you hit one ninety. Like people want you to go up there and do a lot, but 
but he mm. baseball's not all just offense. It's not, and I think also the fact that we've got the offense to kind of, for want of a better word, hide that. I mean, we, we you know we don't. We, if we were a struggling offense who didn't have any anything really going for it, and then you need something extra from your catcher. But I think in the way the way we are and the lineup that we've got, even last year when I said it didn't quite, there were times when it didn't quite catch fire. Still, you know, we, it was still enough. We had enough savvy, enough nous, and uh, enough production from everyone else whereby the catcher position wasn't really a huge issue. I get it. People, you know, no one likes to see a hitter struggling at the plate. And, you know, no one likes to have a hitter up there who's who's not an auto out, but is, is something which is not really reliable upon to to deliver in terms of um, RBIs and, and clutch situations, etc. But I, like I said, it, it, it wasn't really necessary. And, I, and he's clearly, you know, a huge guy for the clubhouse chemistry. I know obviously Yuri Gurriel was as well, and, and that wasn't enough to keep him at the club. But yeah, I, I like Martin Maldonado as well. I think yeah. he's, a, he's, he's, you know, he's a funny guy. He's a great guy. Obviously, the, the pitchers, as a as a, an entity as a unit they all love working with him and um yeah i i think it's it's interesting to see to hear him say that it's you know it's a shame to hear him say that i think yeah i'm, I'm sure he's 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 experienced enough and big enough of a man to to kind of shake that off and, yeah. and be professional and get on with the job uh it's, it's interesting to hear about the weight loss obviously it's a similar story to what we had with Yuli Gurriel a year ago. He, he said he came into spring having lost a lot of weight from the previous year and then promptly lost the power from his bat. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. He played worse. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know whether, I mean, I guess after it's, winning guess the batting in... title, mm, yeah, he, exactly, he loses yeah. weight and you're like, Whoa, he's going to be even better. And he wasn't. Even better, and no, yeah. wasn't. So I, I, I guess it's, it's something where you can get some players who are used to being a certain weight and potentially losing that, in theory, I guess speaking from a very ignorant physiological <laughs> standpoint, could potentially be unused to, to the movements of, of of having less weight on them. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm totally speculating there. At the end of the day, he's here, and yeah, I think it. it what for me is interesting catch-wise this year is what we do in terms of the understudies. Will it be um, Jaina Diaz? Uh, uh, yeah, Jaina coming up to. Yeah, exactly. To to try and um, start getting some experience and establish his role, will Corey Lee be able to do it, uh, to to kind of take strides to to be a bit more dependable as a young major league player himself? I mean, I don't know. It's it's, it's that's what interests me because Machete won't be around forever, and we definitely need to to have an idea and a, and a, a pathway to who's following him. Yeah, there's there was even a time last year where some of the minor league guys went to Houston and Maldonado mm. worked with them trying to yeah. show them everything that he knows and tried mm -hmm. to help them run the game and all that. But when I talked about earlier, the, you know, you have Maldonado for the, for the defense and controlling the pitching, maybe his offense isn't there. Maybe yeah. we'll see that with Abreu. Maybe he'll mm. behind, you know, at the plate, he'll be tearing it up. But he's not yeah. scooping the ball like uh, Yuli Gurriel, and maybe people will be rumbling about his defense mm. because he's not the complete player. So you you never know; we might be missing Yuli's defense as well. I hope I hope not. I really hope not because that would be sad to see. I think one of the mainstays of us in the last six years has been the dependability of our the infield defense, particularly as being absolutely stellar. 
And um, that, that's that's something which I think is imperative to any team that has aspirations and uh, and ideas and designs on being um, a real force in October. You can't, you know, you can't you can't do damage with a with a leaky infield. Yeah, to me, the way I described the Astros last year is great pitching and timely hitting. It's not like yeah. they were just scoring tons of runs. It would be. Mm-hmm zero to zero or they would be losing one to zero and they would score three runs and they would win. They they mm-hmm. win games. And they only score one time. They score three mm-hmm. runs in the first inning and the other eight innings, they don't score. So hopefully, I mean, you win, you win with pitching and you can see other teams, Texas Rangers, the Mets, all these people are trying to build up pitching staff. So everybody knows that that's how you got to win. Here's another, yeah. here's another one. That's kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Dusty. Dusty Baker says there is a competition for center field. I was under the impression that the job was Chaz's to lose. Yeah. And I know that if you go to spring training and Chaz plays horribly and Jake Myers comes in and plays great, mm. you're going to be like, well, well, we're going to use Jake because he outplayed you. So that would be him losing it, you know? But yeah. I don't know. I just I think a lot of people think that Chaz deserves to be the starting center fielder and it's his job to lose. What do you think about this? I don't think it's necessarily unhealthy for Dusty to kind of keep that competitive fire burning for Chaz McCormick. I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to be like, hey, the job's yours. Don't worry about it. Because at the end of the day, you need competition for for places. You don't want you don't ever want players to feel like they can coast through. Not that he would, you know. Chas McCormick comes across as a as a hardworking and professional ball player, enjoyable guy to watch. But I think I don't think there's anything alarming or worrying about that. I don't think Chas McCormick should be necessarily worried about that. Um, I think it's healthy. I think it's good to hear that. I I, I think that he was not. It wasn't a case of Dusty trying to little McCormick either I think it's it's just a case of saying look you know you have to keep working hard um don't rest on your laurels from last year and it's particularly in the postseason and um you know we'll, we'll see what happens it's a long season so I, I think I think sometimes fans get a bit too caught up on whether players are playing individual games or whether players have a few days off here and there I think it, it more than ever or more than anyone else sorry this Astros team understand the importance of being a unit and being part of this big machine that we are. Um, there's no, there's no egos involved. You know, we don't have people out there who are prima donnas kind of demanding to be, to be playing every game. Uh, and yeah, I, I have no problem with what Dusty said at all. I left some of it out, mm-hmm. but he said that there is a competition for center field. He said, I hope that Jake Myers bounces back from his injury. And he says, we'll see how Chaz looks. So yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. The way the way he worded yeah. it, I think the way Chaz performed in the playoffs mm-hmm. and in the World Series, that it should have been kind of worded different. Because it, it, it sounds yeah. to me like, and I know Chaz, it may be to motivate Chaz, but it sounds yeah. to me like, hey, Jake's, Jake's back, you know. Let's hope. Hopefully, he's back because I think well, that might be the I'm, guy he yeah. wants. But Jake Myers he, was a beast when he first came on the scene. So yeah, he was looking good, and I think people forget that because he looked so bad last year, and it was clear that not having 
a spring training uh, coming in the middle of the season, it just didn't work for him. Uh, I had doubts as to whether his shoulder was right the whole time that he was playing for us last year. Uh, so hopefully he's been able to fully get that right. Um, what what was really missing was any kind of composure at the plate. He looked like he was rushing things, he was pressing, and it just didn't look right. It didn't look like anything like the player that he was before the injury in that um, ALDS game in 2021 uh, against the White Sox. And I think that, like you said, he was he was an excellent. He was looking like an excellent hitter before that. So if he, you know, if he if he can if he can recapture that type of form and general outlook in terms of how he's playing that's you know that, that's a good thing it should hopefully drive McCormick on to to, to try harder as well I, I agree the yeah. wording of that specific part of what Dusty said isn't necessarily that conducive to thinking that McCormick is going to have a, a smooth time trying to nail down that center field role again but you know, it's, it's, these are these are these are big boys. They, they you know they they, should, they have to be able to deal with this kind of thing. It's 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 a like I said, it's a long long season. They'll face many many ups and downs, and um, I, I think I I know that Dusty has has their back. As a fan, I don't care who plays, as yeah, long as they sure. play good. Yeah. Exactly. If, if as Jake long as Myers comes back well, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. and he's the best guy, he he can be out there. I'm not going to get mad. I, that's why yeah. I would say it's. Chaz's job to lose. Jake can take it from him, and I'm fine with that. So to me, going into spring training, center field is one of the positions up probably for a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the backup catcher, is it going to be Yiner Diaz? Is it going to be Corey Lee? Mm-hmm. I know that McTaggart, Brian McTaggart's yep. predicted the 26-man roster, and he had Yiner Diaz on there, play outfield, play first base. And then uh, the utility guy, that could be mm. up in the air as well. well. I think Hensley, David Hensley, is a strong candidate to be able to fill in there. He looked so good last year, such a uh, a composed head for you know someone who's coming into the majors for the first time. I mean, a couple of those at bats during October were absolutely priceless. That one against the Mariners, which was before Jordan's walk off, was. Um, was well, you know, if you're looking at it in a kind of causality or butterfly effect type way, you know, if that doesn't happen, who knows how that series goes? So, you know, the fact that he was able to show that that kind of flexibility, dependability, even when it was needed, when he was needed in sort of small facets and small areas of the game, can only bode well. Uh, you know, we, you know, we've been spoiled for choice with with some of the, you know, having Marwin before and having Aledmus Diaz as well. I think that Hensley earned the chance to 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 have that opportunity in the, this year, and I I would say that it's definitely worth oh, giving yeah. him that that shot and and going with it, you know, full blooded because he, he seems to be um again uh, once again it's very a very common theme with the, with our roster a, a guy who has his uh, head on his shoulders and is is, is is committed to what he does and um is respected by his teammates and yeah I, I think. Fully on board that Hensley train. Yeah. He started two games in the World Series, so I can see him mm. making it, definitely. But anyway, we got about a minute left. Do you have any yep. final thoughts? That's what I, I give Tom a final a minute for final thoughts at the end. Do you have anything you want to add? My, I'm still concerned about the pitch clock. I think this is, as an introduction into Major League Baseball, I'm not looking forward to it. I know it's been used in the minors. 
uh, and they've got kind of got used to it down there, but it's, it wasn't needed. You know, you, why is Major League Baseball catering to fans who to catering to people who aren't even fans over people who are fans? Why are we constantly looking to shorten the sport from a from a cynical point of view? A longer game surely means more advertising and more money involved in that respect. So I don't, I really don't understand why you'd want the game to be an hour shorter. Very strange to me. Uh, I just think the rule changes are going to be interesting, to put it slightly kindly. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive about that, and uh, in ter- specifically in terms of the pitch clock. I think they they were interviewing Kyle Tucker about the new rules to speed the game up. Yeah. And his comment was, I don't want to play five-hour baseball games. So I well, think the I players mean, yeah. are on board. Yeah. But anyway, uh, George. We'll see. Yep. Before we run out of time, man, I really appreciate you stepping up to the plate for Tom. Since Always he a pleasure. Since he is 